Welcome back to the Boys Cast with your host, Ryan Long, CEO of the Boys. Boys, 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 boys. Now, this week I had a video titled, I was fired from Vice that went, you know, super viral, had like hundreds and thousands of views and all that stuff because Vice Magazine got rid of 200 employees and it was a big uproar on the interview because BuzzFeed's filed all their, fired all their employees and Vice fired a ton of employees and Comedy Central's having these big shakeups. And basically, you know, I've been harping on these companies forever saying that what they're making is garbage. And some, you know, some things are better than others. Like, you know, there's some documentaries Vice makes that aren't garbage. And there's, you know, there's South Park and lots of different things. But the bottom line is these guys all leaned into this thing that people hate. I always, whenever I'm in meetings with TVs, places and stuff like that, TV place, I believe that's what they call them, a TV place. So I always say, it's ba- it's kind of like a lot of these places went to, you know, middle America and they go, this is what you like now. And they go, no, it's not, you know, so these articles, it's, it's basically a magazine telling you, it's like, this is what you like. And you go, kind of, no, it's not. I actually don't want to watch an article about cutting my dick off. That's actually, I know you think that I'm into that, but I'm not. So they hired, this is, and this is a little backstory of, of, of my relationship with vice before I get into the worst articles of vice. Because in my video, I make a bunch, you know, I make fun of some articles. I pick some articles myself that I made, such as, um, you know, most lesbians should become trans men because they don't even have to change anything. My boomer dad isn't even gay. But the ones I made up aren't even nearly as crazy as the ones that they they actually put out there. And this woman, she got fired and she she's kind of made this, she made this big post about like, how could you fire me? You know, I'm the only person sticking up for, you know, transgender people and I'm sticking up for the underprivileged. And you're like, what do you think a company is? Do <laughs> you think these are charity organizations? You have a, if you're writing articles that four people are reading and you're like, why, how can I get fired? And you're like, because you're, the digital department of vice is bleeding cash. So this is, they had to do all these insane things. So when I know specifically one, cause I'm in this industry, I remember when they came to Canada, they, they basically said, they told, they, they convinced the government that they're going to start this huge vice compound and they're going to make the, they're going to make all these TV shows here. And they got all these tax credits and government subsidies and all this stuff. And then they basically didn't do any of that. They made like two TV shows, took the money and run. That's why one of the lines that didn't make the video, I was going to say that, you know, when Shane Smith took these huge amounts of money from multi-conglomerate, when Shane Smith took these million dollar deals with uh, telecommunications firms, I thought he did that because he loves trans people. Now I got to find out that Shane Smith cares about money. So that's, that's the gist of it. But when they came to Canada, I was doing a show at Rogers at the time and they, they made this big deal with Rogers and they said, I want you to come in and, you know, talk about making shows or whatever. And this is a long time before Vice was, you know, the Vice it is now. So there's all these guys in their 40s and they're covered in tattoos and they got skateboards behind them. And I was in a boardroom and they, they go, they played this video and the video goes, we're making fucking content you can't see in a boardroom. And that was one of the lines in the video. <laughs> we're in a boardroom <laughs> talking about making making videos. And it's like the type of shows that at the time before they went full social justice, it was like, you know, a guy that skateboarding, a skateboarding hot dog guy or whatever, you know, things like that. So they were making, they want to make food shows. That was one of the big ones. So all this garbage, but it ended up not being nearly as bad as what it became. Another thing I was there cause I was, I was pitching a show and I had a deal for a show at, um, at Bell Media, which is MTV in Canada. And then Vice, one of the guys that used to work, cause a lot of these guys from MTV went over and worked at Vice. So one of the guys at Vice, he said, he met me and he goes, you know, we like the show. It's like, we want to do something about refugees because refugees are really hot right now. And he said, quote, unquote, I know when I'm saying this, it sounds crazy. The same reason when you're reading this article is you're like, come on, that's not a real article. A lot of people are posting that. They're like, that's not a real article. It was a real article. This guy said to me, to my, to my face, refugees are hot right now. You know, and I have a joke about it because it was a, a show about guys in bands and stuff like that. And there was, we were saying, are we going to make, what are we going to be the re- refugees with our new hit song, Staying Alive? Like, I'm not going to just add some refugees. <laughs> we just add some refugees to the band. <laughs> so that was one of the reasons I don't like them. Another reason I don't like them is they copy articles. So with the, what, the problem with a lot of these places is they hire people that, that aren't very talented because 
they a want to pay them very little and b they have like these huge diversity mandates and all this sort of stuff so they ca- they cast and hire completely based on things that have nothing to do with how good people are for the most part so when that happens you end up with someone let's say you get hired to write for SNL and you've been doing comedy a year you can't crank out sketches cuz you don't know how to do that so you just steal from people so they all all these employees a lot of these places and i've seen you know uh, there's some huge digital places that I watch them steal from people right and left. And a lot of times they steal from me. So I've had a few hard times things stolen. I mean, I remember my CBC series had one, the Trinity Bell- Bellwoods Park Council, and it was eight, you know, wacky characters that you see at the park or whatever. And then a week later, someone at Vice who follows me wrote an article, the eight wacky people that you see at Trinity Bellwoods. And it was like, you just watched my video transcribed into an article. And it was like, and again, That's not even scratching the surface of what Vice became when it was like how to chop your dick off and stuff like that. So new journalism is, you know, all this stuff is garbage. And these people think they're journalists. They're fucking losers. And it bleeds into the real news. So I I remember being in... uh, you know, if you if you look at articles in Canada right now or in America, a lot of them, even in the main... If you read the... The New York Times, the articles will be these opinion pieces about someone. It'll be like, you know, they haven't paid this person. This la- this person's getting evicted by their mean landlord. And then the article is just like they haven't paid their rent in eight months. You know, there's one there's this person that lives in these like subsidized housing. So they get this big, cool place for, you know, 500 bucks a month. What happened is they wanted to tear it down. So they moved her. Um, so they moved her to another place that was subsidized. And then all her story was, it was like, this person had to move two hours away or sorry, two miles away. And now they have to take the bus where they used to be able to walk to work. And it's like, she doesn't get to go to her favorite coffee spots anymore. And you're like, I don't know. That sucks. I guess that your awesome deal, like got a tiny bit worse, but why do I have to know about it? You know, person fired from their job. And you're like, she was fired for stealing, but it sucks because she's got kids and you know what I mean? So now she's got to go to welfare. You're like, why am I? Yeah, I mean, this sounds like a fun story for her to tell her friend, maybe her mom. Why am I hearing about it? Why is this news? None of these things anyone should ever hear about. Not stuff you can make in a boardroom. Person fired. So these people just make these insane videos, insane articles. The videos are even funnier. The Not the videos are even funnier, but the when my buddy who made a TV show there, he was a producer, and when he went there, Shane Smith, the owner of Vice, he comes on the TVs and takes over the TVs. And he goes, Shane Smith here. He goes, every content that every other place is making shit. You know what our mandate here at Vice is? Not shit. And listen, I don't actually have a problem with the, yo, we're not your grandmother's network, like the old MTV VJ stuff. I don't want to watch it, but it is what it is. But there's a difference between saying, you know, if you're not skateboarding in the desert, you're not sick. And, and you know, I took ketamine and then I sucked a dude's dick. It's, it's crazy and it's not my thing, but it's not as insane as like, if you don't have sex with kids, you're a Nazi. You know, they, the, the ones that they started making became so crazy. Some of the articles that were in my video that I found, I went through all of one person's thing. Because it's only this one chick. She posted, I can't believe we're fired. I'm the person doing this. We're doing God's work. So I went through one, all of her articles. And that's it. And you guys could tell me whether this person should be fired or not. I have about five or six that I'm going to go through pretty aggressively. And then I'm going to bang some out at the end. And just just let you get, uh, you tell me what. You decide whether this person needs to have a job in journalism. Article one, why some men choose to surgically remove their penis. Now, how many of you guys think some is? And and just to be clear, this article before we start is not talking about trans people. The the premise of the article here is that just your straight average dude. Ho, ho, ho. Tim Allen, you know, he finishes a day after fixing his car. And then he's like, get rid of this thing. So trans. Transgender medical treatment is more widely acceptable today, but surgeries remain fixed along binary lines. There are some men who don't conform to either male or female. They just want their penis and testicles totally removed. I was thinking about doing a video, by the way, about this one. 
saying that uh, the guy who removed his penis um, and then and then say, hey, I'm the person who remote the article wrote the article. Some men choose to surgically remove their penis and just want to say after doing this probably wasn't the move. Yeah, I might have jumped the gun on that one. I might I might have jumped slicing off the gun a little bit on that one. So, yeah, I, I probably going to retract that. We're going we're gonna to issue a retraction on that article. Did not love not having a dick. OK, so there's some men to become eunuchs. It's a very relieving experience. You know, some people get a massage. Some people maybe sit down and uh, maybe some people even go to a rub and tug. Some people get it tugged right the fuck off, even though they may still identify as a male and use male pronouns. You know, even though it's just a normal guy, just in their online enclaves, such some people still identify as nullos or smoothies. Now. If I meet someone and you say, you know, you meet someone on a date and you say, oh, uh, oh, what's your pronouns? You know, I always ask everyone their pronouns and they go, oh, I identify as a smoothie. And you go, what's that? It means I got my fucking dong off. (laughs) So smooth. You can call me smooth. Why? Oh, it's very smooth crotch. Oh, why you shave? You could say that. The problem, and this is why it's so bad, is because at least with Jerry Springer and Ricky Lakes and the the freak shows from before, because, I mean, there's always been freak shows, the National Enquirer, you know, this person got impregnated by an alien, this guy is in love with his cousin, and that was Jerry Springer, that was all those shows, but the underlying understanding was that check out these freaks. So this, the difference that's changed is these people are like, aren't these people awesome? Like, you should be them. You should think they're sick. That's the big difference from then till now. Number two, for some men, erectile dysfunction is totally chill. That's the article. In the U.S., there is an expectation of men to become erect. That's the problem with unrealistic expectations on men. You know what I mean? We have these unrealistic expectations on women. Like, for example, we expect women to shave their armpit hair and, you know, unrealistic things. Every girl can't live up to this level of beauty standard that you have to shave your armpit and not be 500 pounds. It's like, it's too much for men to have to deal with that. You know, and and we get it, and that's why I understand that, because we have unrealistic standards. Like, when a girl has sex with us, they expect you to have a penis that you put in their vagina and get it hard. And, you know, ladies... It's it's a little it's getting a little tiresome. It's like every time okay, every, every time we have sex, I gotta get a boner. I understand if like, you know, maybe on your birthday once in a while, I get it, huh? But if most of the times, normal sex with a normal guy, I don't know if you've been with porn stars your entire life, but normal sex for most guys is you take your soft penis and you squish it around on her vagina while you smooch. I, am, am I am I taking crazy pills that I gotta have an erect penis now? and it has to be penetrative sex throughout their lives. It's like, you know, I've been there, guys, so I I do agree with you here. One study finds that everywhere else in the world, men are happy to be rid of their hard-ons. Who on earth wrote that study? That men other places in the world... I love this one, because it kind of reminds me of... With the First Nations people and like uh, in America and the natives, they there's this thing where they had two spirit, right? And they would say there was this thing was two spirits. So they interpreted that as like they had trans people and they were all like, you know, natives are trans. They have been trans forever. They've been part of their culture. And all the First Nations people, they kind of got like black guy energy a little bit, especially in Canada, where they're like, you know, pretty tough guys and stuff like that. And they're like, no, we don't. What are you talking about? We're not all trans. But what what Two-Spirit is, it's sort of more like the Iran thing. When like a guy is gay, they're like, okay, well, you're a girl then. Like you're a guy, but really you're a girl because we don't have gay people. So that's like a lot of cultures have different ways that they rationalize people being gay. And that's kind of what's happened with this Two-Spirit thing. So this is kind of the same thing where they go... Other cultures are actually fine with not having hard-ons. If you went to, like, Iran and you're like, yeah, our study found that people in Iran are actually totally fine with your soft little fucking dicks. And the Iran people are like, no, we're not. Who's who's starting this rumor that, maybe, I, I guess it could be back to my original hypothesis that, like, the Ayatollah couldn't get it up runs. And he's like, I declare that soft dicks are the way to have dicks. So that's what's going on. <sighs> Their men are happy to get rid of their hard-ons. How did they even get rid of them? Like, I, I understand not getting it up, but it's like, how did how did you potentially get rid of them? Like, you got hard and you start punching it like, get, leave me alone, this pesky hard-on. 
recent research by Emily Wetzel, an associate professor of anthropology, examines the way that erectile dysfunction does. Erectile dysfunction's designation as a medical problem is a consequence of culture and profit-motivated industries. <laughs> Your girl's like, hey, I really would appreciate you get it up. It's like, whoa, corporations much? You know, I didn't know I'm having sex with the big banks and the pharmaceutical industry. All of a sudden, I, you know, I think we're a thing here. And then I got to find out that I'm having sex with the CEO of Big Pharma. You know, it's not. The reason why people, girls, want you to have an erect penis is because that's how you have sex. And people want to have sex with the person they're dating. And guys would like to have sex with the person they're dating. That's why they take Viagra. So I guess they're getting on this take of like, you know, these people come up with their pills to make you hard. First of all, when they came up with Viagra, I was just like, wow, they nailed it. You know, I've probably talked about this, but I had a counterfeit Viagra dealer and I used to go meet him in this van in Richmond Hill. It was an hour outside of <laughs> I met him through a friend of a friend and I used to go in his car and he was this Persian dude that sold steroids because all the steroids sell Viagra. And then they give you the Viagra and, he go, you know, he would ask me questions like, yo, how was the last batch? I go, I, you know, I'd rather not talk about it. This is weird enough as is. He had like a fancy car and stuff. So we had that Viagra dealer. And then my buddy, my, my best friend, had he, he had a Viagra dealer too. And we had all these different guys. And then one of our Viagra dealers, he got shot and murdered. And it was in the front page of like the Toronto Star, like the, the what it would be like the New York Times here, that he was murdered and a drug deal gone wrong. And, and we were just like, fuck yeah, I hope that was Viagra. Like someone, <laughs> someone comes up with their soft dick. You sold me a bad batch. You think I'm soft? No, you're going to be soft. So the big joke is that, you know, whenever we give people, uh, if anyone ever has pills and you give someone to someone, it's like, oh, that guy's going to, you're going to end up, if you're getting too deep in the game, you're going to end up in a uh, face full of cereal like this guy. But there's nothing better than like your boys. If you, if you can get your hands in Viagra and your boy is like going to fuck a girl and you're like, yo, dude, let me hit you up. And you give him a pill. If you can have one, he's a hero. He'll come back to you the next day and be like, dude, you're the man. Six bucks. And you're like, he's like, dude, I fucked her so good. It'll be like, dude, we fucked her so good. <laughs> but that's until the corporations got involved in your dick. You know what happened before? It was just crappy. If you're the type of guy that every, and by the way, this is not just for guys that can't get it up. Cause I did solve that problem. It was more just like, I could get it up with, uh, uh, you know, chicks I'm dating or people I've had sex with before and stuff. But when it was like a super hot chick and it was like the first time I would always kind of be like in my head and stuff like that. And then I would lose the bone. Problem solved. <laughs> Sometimes you take one Viagra and you're still having problems. I'm like, maybe I'll pop another. With the they solved it. They solved this problem. It was a thing that was annoying and some guys had to deal with. And then now it's done. It's over. It's like saying that like heart, they have heart disease medication and being like heart disease is only a problem because of society's telling you heart disease is a problem. It's like, no, people actually don't want to have heart disease. It makes you die. <laughs> and also people don't want to not be able to have boners and have sex with their fucking girlfriends. <laughs> Uh, the corp, you freaking corporations, man. Remember before, this is what they used to be like. I would love the idea of the one guy in the group that hates corporations, but he doesn't really get why the other people do. You know, they're at like Occupy Wall Street and the one guy's, these corporations, they're fixing the interest rates and everyone's like, I know, man, corporations, they're trying to take down small business. And the other guy's like, I know, man, these corporations want us to have a hard dick. It's like, what are you talking about? And the other guys are like, what was that? He's like, yeah, corporations, they're fixing the interest rates. They're working together to, you know, for the oil lobby. They're making us have hard dicks when we have sex with our girlfriends. And the guys are like what was that last part again the corporations want us to have hard dicks it's bullshit right guys whoa, whoa, whoa. i'm for the little guy the very little guy because it can't get hard <clears throat> emily wetzel erectile dysfunction is tied to the conceptions of masculinity and social standing yeah no shit you it's very hard to have a girlfriend if you can't have sex with her <sighs> that's like saying like being tough is tied to when you're looking at a study of UFC, it has it's been shown that guys who are better at fighting somehow have a higher standing in that organization. Hockey players that score more goals are uh, it's tied to some level of yeah, if you're talking about guys that, you know, a part of social standing is getting hot chicks and being able to have sex with them, unfortunately. And uh, yeah, no shit. Having a penis that can work is going to be tied to that. Yeah. Luckily, the boys all have sweet dogs. Okay. And Retzel wrote, 
Wetzel. Do you think that's Wetzel from Wetzel's Pretzels? Do you think that was like Wetzel's Pretzels? The 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 big CEO started this big pretzel company, and his daughter is working for this working for this uh, organization for for uh, soft dicks, <laughs> soft dick C, SDC, soft dick community, soft dick corporation. In an older article about impotence in America, this way of understanding non-normative erections is culturally and historically contingent. Now. Sometimes things make you laugh. Sometimes they're too funny that you can't laugh. But next time I can't get it up with a girl and I describe it as a non-normative erection. <laughs> I couldn't get it up. Uh, that's just, I know you, you're sorry. You're mistaken. This is a non-normative erection. Uh, babe, you're kind of just squishing your soft pee and is something wrong? What do you, what do you mean is something wrong? Well, you, you can't have sex with me. Uh, yeah, uh, sorry, it's a non-normative erection, if you've never heard of that. Ages ago, Wetzel explains, it was surmised that witchcraft could account for limp dicks. I gotta use that one, too. You know what I mean? A girl comes back, and she's like, hey, your your dick's really soft, you're like, there's a witch! Yeah, I, I, let me ask you a question. When you came in here, did you see any witches? Because I got a witchy dick. That's what I'm gonna call it. A witchy dick. Every guy's like, yeah, witches, they're back at it again. You guys know how it is, witches. That's when they were. That was back in the day, in the Roman times. You know what I mean. The girls comes in. She's like, "You can't get up," and you're like, "Ooh, yeah." I leave a broomstick around your house. You're like, "Hey, let me ask you a question. Check under the bed. You see a broomstick?" And she's like, "Yeah, there is a broom there." And you're like, "Wow, ah, there. That'll do it." Yeah, yeah. The witches. Oh, mm. Well, that's. I guess next time we'll try again next time. But it's like you really drank a lot last night too. It's like yeah, but that that's actually what summons the witches. <laughs> when I get really drunk, it summons the witches, and they put the dick, the spell on the dick. It's all. Listen, I don't need to bore with you with the details. All you know is the witches got my dick again. Oh, witches for drugs to sell. First, people need to be sold on the idea that something is wrong enough with them. Like, yeah, I'm not wrong because I have a, a dick that doesn't work. This is it's just the same thing. It's like, oh, I'm wrong because I have heart disease. Now I have to take pills for it. Like the pharmaceutical companies make me think that having a headache's wrong all of a sudden. Just because my head hurts, I need to take an Advil. Sorry, big pharma. I'm not going to fall for your voodoo magic of convincing me that just because I sprained my ankle, I need to take vi I need to take some Tylenol. Oh, because I have a backache? I need to take Robaxacid? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. There's nothing wrong with me just because I can't stand up because of the excruciating pain in my back. Nice try, Big Farm. <sighs> that they treat medical... And then they treat the medical treatment. A masculinity scholar... How much this masculinity scholar probably looks like such a fucking bitch? You know what I mean? Imagine... Because, you know, you're writing articles on why it's actually sick having crappy beans. <laughs> you're doing you're doing studies with Vice magazine about how fucking having a soft dick's actually sick. Non-normative erections. Being at a bar and you're there, you're like, I just want to say that women are the best. And you're picking up a chick at the bar and you're like, I just want to say that women are the best. They're better than men. Men should be murdered on the stake. All men are toxic. Um, that's... That's basically my hypothesis. And like, okay, I got it. What do you do for a living? I'm a masculinity scholar. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> dedicated my last uh, eight months to study masculinity. Oh, what, have you, what did you study? I mainly just concluded that it stinks, okay? It's the devil. So what, let's see what this masculinity scholar says. He's a, uh, The masculinity scholar says that, oh, that was, sorry, my bad. Listen. I, I apologize to you. The masculinity scholar is the one who said that the pharmaceutical scholar, the pharmaceutical companies tricked you into thinking that you needed Viagra. Wetzel conducted their last last part here. Wetzel conducted her study through open-ended interviews with over 250 men in Mexico who are currently receiving treatment for a ver variety of urological problems. So she asked 250 guys in Mexico. If they actually are embarrassed, if they think that their soft dick should be a problem, they're like, it's actually fucking sick that my soft dick. I don't think that I, I don't think that these Mexican guys views are being represented properly. I, you know, I know that she's saying 250 men in Mexico said that it shouldn't be a problem having a soft dick. Maybe whatever. Maybe they were 90 and an old guy being like, yeah, I don't even fuck anymore. But to say that to your average 250 Mexican guy, you know, so messy with a tattoo and you're like. Hey, um, do you think it would be a problem if you have a soft dick? He's like, 
No, masculinity is the problem. I just don't, I just, I haven't trouble believing the 250 year standard Mexican guys were like, actually, we should be, uh, we should think having non-normative erections are, are actually fine. It's the big medical companies that sold us this. So I don't know what these 250 Mexican guys said, but it wasn't that. So Viagra rules. Dudes don't need a hard dick or any dick. It's like, it's just, what are these articles? How do you even, you know, if I was the, if I was the, the, um, the guy that ran this company, Shane Smith or whatever, how good would it be if like he banged one of the girls and then she, he couldn't get it up. And then she kind of came into this article, like, this is her saying, like, you know, I've written this article, like, it's actually okay to have a soft dick. And it's like her nod to be like, don't worry, bro, I got you. Like, she's actually just kind of being a bro to one of her dudes. Okay, so anyways, I suggest you look up that article for the next time you can't get it up, and then you send it to a girl. Now, this next one is, is the one that really makes me cringe we're not i can't even read too much of it because it honestly makes my like skin crawl it's one of those articles that like i i, I legitimately reading it i go oh, ha, ha. that's how it makes me feel but more importantly with this article you go who what is the demographic of this and if you're getting paid whatever amount a year for four people to read your articles who would be reading an article titled the guide to muffing now, let me tell you what muffing is. <laughs> we re- we revisit one particularly illuminating section explaining how to finger the in- inguinal canals of someone with a penis. So this is, if you're a guy and you have a dick, but you still want to get fingered, <laughs> they take their fingers and the part beside your dick where you're like, you know, and if you put your testicles where they can kind of go upside your body, they stick their fingers in there and just sort of poke around. Ow! They stick their fingers in your ball sack until it goes up into your body in the tiny little crevice and they poke around with, oh, this is, <sighs> it's, I'm only going to get a little in this article, but it's like, Oh, it makes, it really makes me like, can you imagine you're, you bring a chick home and she's like, you go, she's like, can I finger you? And you're like, well, like my ass. And she's like, <laughs> oh, I, you're not woke. Okay. Listen, I'll show you. Lean back. Enjoy the show. And you're just like, ah! she emphasizes that just because what's in my crotch looks like a penis doesn't necessarily mean that it works like a penis. Why doesn't it work like a penis? But, but why not? This is the thing. If you say, I'm a, I'm a chick now. All right, fine. But why does your penis now work differently? Your brain, you're like, I feel like a man, but I feel like a woman or whatever. But that doesn't mean that like anything's changed of the nerves in your thing. Like we don't have pleasure centers in, <laughs> it would be literally like, you ever had someone like poke you in the ribs? You know what I mean? They go, yeah. It's kind of like, it's imagine saying like, it's just, it, you just pick a thing. You're like, I actually get fingered by someone putting their fingers between my ribs and sort of like jamming them in there. It's like, there could not be anything less comfortable than someone jamming their fingers into your friggin' balls until it goes up into your body. Like, are you kidding me? Muffing, as Bellwether calls it, is just one of many sex acts in FTW. It stands apart from the rest because it involves penetrating orifices that most people don't know exist. And then there's diagrams of it. So they have these, <laughs> they put these diagrams of it and there's like a dick and then a finger and it just, you just literally put your fingers in the balls. I'm I, again, I'm not going to go, I'm going to do a couple more sentences, but I can't do too much of this because it's literally making me want to puke. Generally speaking, the canals that the testicles descend from the same pathways that the balls get sucked back into when you jump into a pool of cold water. Bellwather refers to these parts of her body as her cunts and uses that chill term interchangeably with their medical name. Yo, that's so fucking chill. Just her chill term. I'm just getting fingered into my two cunts. According to Dr. Crane, now I should backtrack a little bit. I think this would be a good time to explain where, yeah, I don't think you need to have a career in journalism. It's not, 
you know, maybe that's not for you. If I go on stage and I'm like, I want to be a comedian. I'm like, what's your comedy act? You're like, I just take shits on the stage. That's it. I just take shits on the stage. You're like, do you tell no jokes? And you're like, nope. And I want to be paid money. And then the club comes up to me and they're like, hey, listen, I don't know if this is going to work out. And you're like, you guys, I'm the only person representing the shitting on stage community. And according to Dr. Curtis Crane, a urologist who specializes in confirmation surgeries of gender, muffing is both safe and quite pleasurable. Well, thanks, Dr. Crane. You, <laughs> Dr. Crane, just Dr. Crane's assured you that it can be pleasurable. What the fuck are you talking about? That's a doctor. You know, a doctor has assured us that it can be pleasurable. It's not. Having someone jam their fingers up into your friggin' through your balls into it's like it's not pleasurable. Stop it. Stop it. Several patients have asked him about it, and in all of years of providing medical care to trans patients, he's never seen a trans girl or a guy come in with a muffing injury. <laughs> hey, uh what happened? Uh we're gonna be out for the season with a muffing injury. What's that? It's like his girlfriend was shoving her fingers into his uh, body and went a little too far. Yeah, I, I I hope that would be great to have a muffing injury. Calling your boss, like I get I need some time off work. Uh what happened? Muffin injury. I don't think anyone has taken uh safety courses before going to a muffing party or whatever they want. I'm out. A muffing party? Dr. Crane affirms that it's totally logical to finger your trans gun. Dr. Crane, this is a doctor. Totally logical. All right. All right, that's, that's, okay. Doesn't it feel like something like a little kid would do? He goes, I discovered it poking around one day and it always felt natural to me, but I felt a little bit ashamed around it, right? Like if you're a little boy and you're just playing with your balls and you're like, boop, 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 and your mom's like, stop playing with your balls. And you're like, oh, I don't know. You're like, stop sticking your fingers in your balls, you freaking little weirdo. You know what I mean? <laughs> something like a little 10-year-old would do. So this is, I'm going to move on to something a little less gross because that grossed me out. Number five. Now, this article is great because, you know, they want to write these articles and then they want to be like support political candidates, right? They, you know, but this this person too, if you go look back, there's some articles that are like, you know, why high heels are the new shoe? Because <laughs> they all trans, she was just like a total normal gender, a normal writer. And then it transformed into, into all this stuff. So the last two years is crazier. And then later on in this episode, I'm going to go back and show you some of the, some of the older ones where it's, um, where it's like, she, you know, she was writing on fashion and stuff like that before she had a complete switch where she's talking about freaking sticking your fingers into your testicle canals. <clears throat> okay. 32 unbel this is number 5 32 unbearably cute things about Beto O'Rourke now th these people loved Beto O'Rourke and Beto O'Rourke was the most guy that was like I'm a cool hip guy so that would make sense advice you know kind of fond over him cuz you know he came out and he was like I like to skateboard but also women are the best you know he's like a kind of like a woke guy but when he was he was <laughs> the hard times wrote a pretty awesome article it goes uh, on the campaign trail, Beto O'Rourke visited skate park where he was first called a poser. <laughs> All right. F also, just like fighting politics with listicles. The only listicle that matters is my listicle. Ten articles of yours that stink. So this is why he's this is why Beto O'Rourke is so adorably cute. Beto wore a dress when he was a cool young person. <laughs> All the cool kids got dresses on, man. You don't even have a dress. And he wore a dress to school. How great would that be? Do you think that they would say that if it was the other way around? Like if they found out that George Bush, if George Bush wore a dress to school when he was a kid, would they say like adorable things about George Bush is he actually wore it? He actually wore a dress. Like, and by what, why did, why did Beto wear a dress to school? Did he wear a dress to school as like for Halloween? Because in that case, wouldn't that be, you know, transphobic or as you say, if you wear it to school as a joke? Or or did Beto O'Rourke wear a dress to school to try it out? He's trying out a new thing, shows up with his skateboard and his dress and the kids are like, why do you have a dress on? He's like, yeah, so yeah, tried something new. <laughs> like when you show up with a new haircut and you're like, here goes nothing. He showed up in the dress and he's like, all right, let's do this. His mom's like, where are you wearing a dress? He's like, you don't even get style, mom. Because he saw someone else wear like something kind of feminine. You know, he was like, a, one of the guys was like a rock and roll guy. He was like Mick Jagger, where he wore like nail polish or something like that. You know what I mean? He was like, got it. We're dressing like chicks now. And he came in full, like a blouse. And the person's like, why are you wearing a blouse? He's like, I thought we were doing girl shit. He's like, no, nah, I was doing nail polish in a rock and roll away and he's like ah all right well back to back to the drawing board 
<laughs> Joe Biden wore a dress. That's why he's so cute. Beto inspired many memes about being a bay by you. You don't get to write memes about him and then be like, he's so cute, he wore memes. Beto inspired a list about how he's great. Yeah, that you wrote. So you don't get to use your own thing as your evidence. Beto inspires people to paint beautiful murals of him. Again, who doesn't have, what politician doesn't have fucking murals about him? And inspiring people doesn't count. You can't use that. You know, if Trump inspired person to make a nice mural about him, would that make him adorable? It's not evidence that he's adorable. So... In a court of law, that would be dismissed from the courtroom. Your, your honor, just because someone wrote a mural about him doesn't mean he himself is adorable. Moving on. <laughs> Stricken from the record. Beto has fabulous shoulders. Guarantee he doesn't. What do you mean by fabulous? Like sunken down? Like, because you know that the person who wrote this article is not like, what you want is fabulous manly shoulders. You know she means that he has like weaselly friggin' sho- <laughs> weaselly friggin' shoulders. So why would, why would... Why would that be uh, great to have male shoulders? You obviously mean that he has kind of like weaselly, you know, shoulders that might, the type of shoulders that might look good in a dress, for example. Beto reps nail art. (laughs) What is this new thing? Because, listen, I thought Beto was like this pussy dude or whatever. (laughs) What's all this stuff where he's trans and shit? Like, why is is Beto O'Rourke wearing a dress and painting his nails and all this stuff? Where did that come from? Like, he's like, Beto says, and when, the only way I can say it is like, maybe he has like a daughter and he, you know, showed up and he was, ha ha, look, I'm just, you know, bonding with my daughter. So I've, you know, did my nails or whatever, like as a, as a, you know, when you see this big muscular bodybuilder guy and he's, I painted my donut, it was my daughter as a bonding moment. And you're trying to look cute because you're like, I'm such a nice dad. Maybe he did that. But it's like what he showed up to the thing with nail art and then no one in the press even asked him about it. Someone and, and he's like, no one here is going to notice. And then finally someone's like, hey, why do you have hearts painted on your nails? And he's like, finally, I paid so much money for this. Beto sweats a lot. That's so adorable. Why is he sweating a lot? Someone asked him a question. Hey, um, what are some of your policies? He's just dripping wet. He's like, Joe, did you see that video of me with nail art, though? Uh, listen, I don't know what to tell you about the the central banks and I don't want to talk about all these federal reserve questions, but may I direct you to the pink nail polish that I am currently wearing? Whew, sweaty. Beto catches tiny frogs. What are you retarded child? <laughs> this is just, he's just on like a beach, like chasing after frogs. They're making him sound like a psychopath. These are the things so far. Beto Rook's wearing a dress. He's wearing nail polish. He's sweaty. He's running after frogs. He's on, he's on the beach catching frogs with a pail in his 50s or ever fuck old he is. All right. Like it's a make-o, it's kind of like a make-a-wish situation. Like this guy gets to be, hey, I'm, I'm going to be, I, I won this award where I get to be a presidential candidate for a day and take a break from my frog catching, you know. Beto inspires babies to dress as him as ha- from Halloween. No, he didn't. Parents dress their baby up as ba- Beto O'Rourke. <laughs> like, that's one thing that these kind of people love to do is find a baby that, or like, I was actually going to do an article like that is like, we need to listen, not an article, a, a sketch about how this baby has all the right opinions. And it's like a baby that's like, uh, Trump's bad. And everyone's like, this baby is such a genius. Oh, mighty baby. And they're like, what do you think about this? And just the baby's been told, just has the 10 right opinion. And you don't, you don't need to do anything anymore. The baby's just given their 10 right opinions. And then that's all, that's all. Everyone just knows this almighty oh, baby. And then the baby gets a little older and starts thinking for itself and it starts changing some of the opinions. <laughs> like, what do we do? The almighty baby's changing its opinions. Uh, this seven-year-old thinks gun... This seven-year-old kid's so brilliant it even knows that guns are bad. So they just... They love they love the babies with their opinions. You know what I mean? As if this baby was like sitting there and they go, what do you want to be with for Halloween? And it's like, I don't know what Halloween is. Who's your favorite politician? And they're like, Beto O'Rourke. Why? Because he catches frogs with me. Beto once jumped over a fence (laughs) and was charged with the burglary. Yo, sick dude. Beto rocks. I actually, (laughs) all right. Listen, if Beto O'Rourke was legitimately charged with a crime and he was, you know, like a kind of an inner city kid that was getting into trouble. I will give it to you that that is at least a legitimate thing. 
where, you know, I'm not saying it's so sick to be a burglar or whatever, but it is a legitimate claim to somewhat realness. If you're like, yo, if Beto like did time, I'm like, all right. Beto, Beto did some time, but what I'm thinking was he got, he did, you know, he, he jumped over a fence and he was getting charged with like, uh, peeping toming, <laughs> stealing nail polish. <laughs> he was stealing nail polish for, you know, he didn't, he didn't want to, cause his mom didn't want him to buy it. So he had to steal the nail polish and he jumped over the fence and they caught him and he had to, he had to, you know, pay for uh, he did like an overnighter at, at the jail and then they made him uh, write an apology to the store owner. Beto loves tattoos. Probably doesn't even have any. And Beto has a drum kit. I love the idea of... That's the last one. I love the idea of Beto showing up with a, <laughs> doing his campaign speeches. So he's in a dress. He's got nail polish. He's got the drumsticks in the back pocket of his dress. So that's number five. So Beto O'Rourke is so adorably cute. That article's just so stupid, but it's not as ridiculous as sticking the fingers in your fucking balls. <laughs> It makes me fucking so cringe. Couples, here's number six. Couples explain why threesomes are boring and evil. They're boring and evil. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? This is, Vice Magazine literally writes articles like, if you don't have nine girlfriends, you're a square, man. It's like, what, what are we, what are we doing here? Are, is, are we supposed to be on this like insane sexual libera- liberation to the point where just even having a girlfriend, it's like, whoa, Nazi, you don't even have four boyfriends. They wrote articles about, you know, this girl, the girl who has 15 boyfriends and they're like, you, you're Norman of ways. You don't even know you and your Norman of erection and your Norman of brains. You don't get it. And now couples, why threesomes are boring and evil. First of all, I'll tell you right out of the gate. I guarantee this is written by, I know who it's written by, but from a the perspective of a female where it's like, you don't get threesomes. Threesomes are for the dude because it's a cool thing. You know what I mean? See, girls think that, when, when they think threesomes, that they think it's about them. It's not. It's a fucking cool thing you do for your dude, you stupid idiot. You know, and if you can find a girl that actually kind of likes it, amazing. But yeah, it's not, it's a, a little bit awkward, but you doing it so you can have the memory later. You can tell it's a cool thing to do. That's why people have threesomes. And also the other reason you have threesomes is because you can't cheat on your chick. So if you convince her to have threesomes, then you kind of get to have sex with other girls and you get, there's the reasons for threesomes are, it's like a party thing. You did a fun thing. You, it's, it's cool. <laughs> they're, they're thinking like threesomes with two guys. And you're like, I always say this joke where I used to have a joke about how when they talk about threesomes, they would say, girls will argue like, well, why is it cool to have a threesome with two girls? But it's when a girl has a threesome with two guys, she's a slut. And it's like, you don't get it. It's like a different type of thing. So if you're having sex with two guys, those dudes are fucking double teaming you. If a guy has brings two chicks home, he's cool. Maybe the two chicks said we're going to bang the guy, but he's still the cool one in the scenario. But the girls, you know, normal, not these vice girls, but normal girls are like, when they're picturing, you know, I want to be, you know, I could have a threesome with two guys. They're picturing like two Spanish guys named fucking Sergio and Hernando and they come back and light candles and put on some music and then rub oils on her body. Like she's picturing basically a threesome with two gay guys. You know what you get? You get two lacrosse players, Chad and Todd, double teaming you well, the high five. And <laughs> that's who you get. Or you have, or you have a threesome with a gay guy. Those are the two options. You're not having threesomes with like the same way guys do where it's like girls can actually make out and not be gay. And it's like, what? it's a different fucking thing. New study on conducted on threesomes. <sighs> Imagine doing your threes your study on threesomes. I did a study on threesomes. What you what was your conclusion? Did they friggin' suck and boring? I was naturally excited to read this academic analysis on this classically exotic exotic sexual adventure. So much to my surprise, I find out that the studies that have been done are actually boring. So I decided to do a study of my own to find out if anyone likes threesomes anymore. They do. 53-year-old man I met on the internet has never had a threesome, (laughs) but told me he thinks the two people would be way too taxing to deal with in a sexual contact, (laughs) in a sexual context. Case closed. You called (laughs) called one 52-year-old guy. Hey, uh, what do you think about threesomes? You have one? It's like, oh, that seems like a lot for me. Boom. Done. Like, yes, having a threesome is cool. No, you shouldn't. 
you you shouldn't um, have some dude live at your house with you. You shouldn't be, you know, live in like a polyamorous fucking three-way relationship in your house because it would be a nightmare. You shouldn't be like out trying to get pussy every night. Is like fucking a chick with your girl, you know, every now and then pretty cool thing to do. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like they just can't understand. It's either one or the other. It's either like threesomes actually stink or like you should be with 20 people and they should all be dragons. Anyway, here's my next article. You should have 2,000 boyfriends. But it wasn't long before I found out that someone who hates the threesomes far more. I find them boring and gross, cried Samantha, 25-year-old trans woman. Her her research is just asking people. You know what I mean? It's like, literally, like, I I was doing a sample to find out who likes Trump and who doesn't like Trump? It's like, who'd you ask? Just my Uber driver friggin' thinks he's the worst. So I talked to my Uber driver. 32-year-old Uber driver doesn't like Trump. It's, it, what is this? You found some trans woman that doesn't like threesomes. Oh, cool. One more sentence from this article. The only good thing about threesomes, Bastion told me, is the freedom one enjoys to produce various unattractive bodily functions without taking the blame. You can fart openly and no one is sure who did it, he said. No one who's wet spot, no one knows who's wet spot and stain that is. Do you, are you shitting on the bed? <laughs> Why is there a stain on the bed? Did you shit on the bed and blame it on someone? I was like, well, one reason threesomes are good is because you <laughs> fart and shit. What are you talking about? Dude, <laughs> you're fucking, you're like, you're fucking the girl from the front. And then she's like, you know, eating out the girl. And you're just like... Someone's like, does someone shit on the bed? And you're like, could be any of us. This is, I guess they call this a Mexican standoff. The person's like, well, I don't know. I know it wasn't me. You're like, I guess it was one of us. The other person's like, wasn't me. And you're like, well, I guess it's two of us. I know it wasn't me. <laughs> and the girls are like, yeah, I, I also am pretty sure not like it wasn't us shitting. But well, I don't know. Unless you can prove it. Let's get the log cleaner. Okay, that was number five or number six, whatever it was. Next article. Men at Starbucks open up to the stigma of pumpkin spice lattes. First of all, pumpkin spice lattes and all of these drinks are the biggest scam in the history of the world. Like, this is stupid tax for women. You know how, you know, they say that lottery tickets are stupid tax for poor people. Buying it, the the world is convinced women that they need to spend $6 on a drink of coffee every morning, sometimes twice a morning. Like, I know girls that they literally spend $12 a day on their coffees, and they don't even have tons of cash. It is literally stupid tax on women. But the drink's yummy autumnal blend appears to be haunted by sexist sentiments that men are finally ready to defy. You know, (laughs) no one cares, and no one thinks you're a freedom fighter. Finally ready to defy. You walk in there, you know what I mean? Hair blowing in the wind. People are looking at you. You're like, he's going to think I'm a pussy. But you know what? I don't care. I'm a freedom fighter. I will have a pumpkin spice latte. Cool, next. Oh, I thought you were going to kind of, this would be a bigger deal, like when the 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 when uh rosa park sat in the front of the bus i kind of thought it was gonna be that sort of situation i'm ordering a pumpkin spice latte did you hear me and i'm a man and by the way you shouldn't order pumpkin spice lattes they're fucking lame drink (laughs) pussies for fucking pussies so yeah you should fucking listen to the advice if you're if you're if your internal clock's telling you hey only real men don't drink latte don't drink like pumpkin spice lattes yeah it's right you know what you do half and half, hot chocolate and coffee. That's sort of, that's the, that's the best I'm going to give you before being like, you freaking pussy. Ugh. Okay. Women in America make better doctors than men, but they are treated worse. Now, I don't know what we're basing this on. The women are better doctors. <laughs> Not sure of the stats. Not sure of the stats. And they're generally, women, women are, this is, women in America generally are treated like shit. <laughs> what? I mean, no one's coddled more than uh, women. Man, the white, the fucking internet really turned on white women. They had their moment in the sun, and now people are just like, white women are the devil, and they're like, whoa, whoa, what? But I thought we were on the team winning. I'm going to release a video about that next uh, next week, by the way. Look out for a Monday. Women are treated like shit despite advances, despite advances made by women working across sectors. From the judiciary to big business to the medical society, society is governed by old white men. 
Guess what? Now people are starting to turn and they're thinking it's white women again. So you guys are back out. You got to become trans if you want to be part of the cool kids. No, no, no. Women sat there forever. I know it's only white women right now, but it's going to expand out. I think I think that uh, it's going to be like till the end. It's like it's going to be like cis women are the problem because there was a while where it was like men were the problem. And then black guys like, what? This is white men. Which fair move. I would do that, too. I'd be like, it's white men, white men. And then like, all right. And then eventually the, the, the girls they were like, no, it's all men. And then the black guys are like, fuck, we're almost out there. You know what I mean? Asian guys are like, ah, crap. And you even see gay guys are like, no, but we're gay. And it's kind of like, nah, 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 nah. There's the, even the gay community's racist. Ah, crap, men are bad. And now they're saying, now they kind of are saying like, uh, white women are bad. And they're like, oh, crap. Duh. It's like when the Gestapo comes for you. Nearly 6,000 moms responded to the survey, which asked about discrimination based on race or ethnicity, gender, age, or sexual orientation, pregnancy, maternity leave, or any kind of... And it says 77.9% of people say they've been discriminated against. Yeah, everyone's been discriminated against for something. Like, if you ask people, you're like, hey, do you think that anyone in your entire life or your work career has ever said anything mean to you? And you're like, think, think. And they're like, yeah, probably. Have they discriminated you um, because you're a man? How about have they discriminated you because your color? What about your hair? You have a, kind of a weird haircut. Has anyone ever said anything about that? What about because you're fat? Have you ever had anyone say anything about because you're fat? What about because you're ugly? Have you ever said anything about that? What about because you're bad at your job? What about that? Is anyone? Hey, you have one leg. Has anyone ever said anything bad? And then eventually you just keep picking them down until someone says this. They go, oh, bam, another one for people that have been discriminated against. Nailed it. Everything is discrimination. Next article. I've oh, actually okay, I'll read one last thing of that one because I told you I'm, I'm not I started I was going to do a bunch of them now I'm kind of just showing you the highlights of these ones nearly half of women who said they've faced maternal discrimination reported experiencing burnout which is a self-defined term that generally refers to one's exhaustion in their current job. This is significantly higher than the burnout rate among women who don't experience discrimination. <laughs> That's some gymnastics going on right there, eh? They're like the girls that told you that they've experienced discrimination or also the girls that told you they're tired (laughs) burnt i'm burnt out burnt out of my job it's like uh what you're saying is the people that complained about one thing are complainers like all the people that just said they were that everyone's that they're victims also said that they're tired it's like yeah they're complainers that, that you you found you, yeah you, you nailed the complainers and now they're saying I'm tired yeah it's a hard job you're a doctor I'm not saying that you can't be tired but you're like men are so much worse and you're like also like I've been working there for two years and I'm ready to quit it's like well I mean could that not be part of it is is your hypothesis that women are better than doctors for the first year and then they're like really burnt out they kind of went a little hard in the first year I don't know what your hypothesis is <laughs> I was actually thinking about this I was talking to my buddy but that is. Remember how I was saying that this shit kind of led to people having these ridiculous articles where they say, you know, this get factory worker's tired. And that, that's the whole article. It's just <laughs> the gist of this article is like doctors are tired. <laughs> but women doctors are tired more. And you're like, are women are men doctors tired? We don't give a shit. Women doctors are tired. And if you're people of color, doctors are really tired. So you can see why, you know, these articles aren't doing very well and these people are getting fired at Vice and BuzzFeed. Now, so I've done a more thorough analysis of some of those. And as we wrap up, I'm just going to do a, a I'm going to rail off some of these headlines and give you my thoughts of them at the end here. Yes, there are trans animals. So that's that was literally one for my video. And it's basically, you know, as Alex, the great Alex Jones says, they're turning the frogs gay. Well, now they're turning the frogs trans. And Beto O'Rourke is searching for trans frogs. So this is a real article. And their whole thing is that they find some fish that basically what happens is after the fish has kids, if the woman dies, the man becomes the woman and develops the ability to, you know, have children and stuff. And it's like, I don't know if that's really the same thing, but, you know, the whole thing is like, dude, trans stuff's natural. You know what I mean? 
again, be trans if you want to, but they're not making good parts points. Their points should just be that. Listen, if people want to be trans, that's fine. But they're saying like, no, it's actually natural in animals to do it too. They don't cut. They, yeah, but they don't do it themselves. Like, there's no. <laughs> if there was a human that actually that's what happened, and when you could compare the two, but it's like the frogs aren't cutting off their dicks. So it's just they're making bad points. And when people see logically inconsistent stuff, it actually makes them go against your point. So I don't even think you're helpful to your own movement that you think you're helping. Trans women's underwear doesn't exist. That's another one. Why don't you start it then? I, 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 that's the other thing I hate about all these other ones. I was having this argument about today where someone, or sorry, the other day, with uh, respectfully, we weren't arguing, but it's like, so with this, Trans women underwear doesn't exist, and that's a problem. Well, then start an underwear company. Why don't you do it? These people love to tell you what you should do. Go do it then. So they, they, this is the argument that I was having with someone because they were saying, with with uh, you know the thing where Brian Cranston played a guy in a wheelchair, and everyone's like, that's appropriation. You shouldn't be able to do that. And it's like. Well, then go make your own movie and stop telling other people how to cast theirs. It's like if I make a movie and I'm, I'm like, OK, I'm going to I'm going to put a character in a wheelchair and then people are like, you need to do this. It's like, don't you don't get to tell me how to cast my movie. It's a decision. It's an artistic decision for me to make. I guess you have the right to get mad at it, but I'm also have the right to tell you that the problem here is that you don't want to make things. You want to tell other people how they should do it. There needs to be more underwear. Well, then go make one, make a trans underwear brand. And then when it makes no money, you'll be like, huh, I guess that's why they didn't exist because the market was so unbelievably small. It's like there needs to be, uh, they shouldn't have hired Brian Cranston. They should have hired a guy in a wheelchair with it wasn't a, yeah, that movie wouldn't have gotten made because they need big box office names. And also the fact that you're going to yell at me just makes me not want to do it at all. Like if I was writing a thing right now and I'm like, okay, we'll have this character in a wheelchair. And you're like, ah, fuck, everyone's going to fucking yell at me. And I'm like, okay, I want to cast one of my friends. And I'm like, I guess I can't cast a comedian because there's only one guy and he doesn't really fit it. And you're like, well, you see, I guess I could cast. And I'm like, ah, fuck it. Let's just not do a wheelchair guy because it's going to be everyone yelling at me on the internet. So again, you're just... Not saying I wouldn't cast a guy in a wheelchair, but it's my decision. And you don't, when I make, when I make a thing, it's up to me to decide what art I'm going to make. People shouldn't be doing, you can, and yeah, I'll make it and you keep complaining about it, but let's just be, let's call a spade a spade here. You're trying to backseat driving other people that make things. And it is a lowly profession. That's all I'm saying. Again, I'm not backseat driving your articles. I'm not telling you what to write. I'm just calling it garbage. <laughs> gender friendly language manhole this is what they need this is what they want to get rid of they say you know which we've heard this one it goes goodbye to brother and sister will now be sibling and we're getting rid of manhole and they're they're happy that this other one's happening i'm like didn't three articles you just said your you called it your boy cunt <laughs> so are we gonna still keep that now this is the funny part when we go back a little bit so before the social justice stuff took off in 2016, she wrote an article saying the hottest shoe is a pair of sandals. This is what she wrote four years ago. <laughs> Another one. This is what she wrote four years ago. Deodorant might be the key to becoming more masculine. She wrote an article saying that like having a more masculine deodorant can make you more masculine. Leggings are literally pants. What a 180. You know what I mean? You're a, you're a Nazi if you don't fucking cut your dick off. And now, and three years ago, she said, leggings are literally pants. And it says, the, the tagline is, if one more person asks me, I'm going to die. And then man buns are good and decent. So, right, uh, Two, two, three years ago, she wrote an article saying gender friendly language needs to go manhole, brother, sister, man buns rule. It's just like my point is this was a cult that you joined and you became all in or maybe you didn't even join. Maybe you knew you're just fucking fleecing people because you like the job and whatever. But the moral of the story is you guys are <laughs> done, brother. These people are psychopaths and I meet people still. With this language, meet the Muslim ex-porn star stripping for women's rights. I mean, if there's anything more you can do for women's rights is stripping, you know. Meet the trans woman who wants to change romantic comedies. Just a person. Meet the person that thinks bars should actually have coffee in them instead of alcohol. Yeah, just you just have like an opinion. They just meet the guy who's got a wacky opinion. Why loud sex is good for your health. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Ah, I get the health benefits. Ah. Women are better at coding than men. Yeah, probably. A modest take on how men terrorize women with poop. 
And by the way, I read that article and it's just a guy that it goes this week, a man shoved a bag of shit down a women's shorts. It wasn't the first time he was he used shit this way and it won't be the last men have to be accountable for the misogyny if they're ever going to change culture, he says. And they were literally talking about a homeless guy. <laughs> it's just one homeless guy. They walked up to a girl and threw shit at her. I, everyone's had a homeless guy do crazy shit, come up and jerk off towards you. It's like, it's not towards women. If you're, if you're fighting the patriarchy and you're starting with sexism, the, the homeless has a problem with misogyny. It's like, it's just gotten, it's peak clown. You guys look like morons. No one wants to watch it. It's over. And the boys are back. Boys, 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 boys. All right. I got a pretty sick video coming out Monday. I'm going to I'm got another uh, episode coming on the Patreon. Now, one thing about this Patreon, this fucking rules, because everyone sort of said you should do a Patreon and we would donate to it and this and that. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, I don't know. I think people are just saying that. But I got the, some $20 sponsors. I could do shout out to DJ Roast Beef, uh, Nick Inzatari. We got my boy Keith Gummer. Shout out. Whoa, 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 whoa. For donating, I got some other shit up there. I'm going to put another episode up there. Also, check my videos Monday. Tell a friend about the boys cast for the boys. Take a screenshot right now. Post it to your Instagram or your Twitter. Share the YouTube video. Thank you for supporting the boys. Ryan Long, CEO. Peace.